morning, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the entree musician and so are you. Welcome to this very first episode here at the Entree Musician broadcast. And we're going to have a lot of fun, not only today, but uh, as this podcast ensues, there's a lot of great things that we've planned in store for you. And I want to thank you for tuning in. Um, I want to take this very first episode to kind of introduce myself, let you know a little bit of who I am, kind of uh, my experience. So you can say, hey, well, you know, this guy has a little bit of credibility and, uh, you know, the topics that we uh, discuss here, you know, we're going to go as deep as we possibly can as entree musicians, because, I mean, there is a myriad of things that we're involved in. And I'm grateful that, you know, I've done a little bit of this and done a little bit of that, as someone else has said, just enough to be dangerous, but, uh, you know, uh, definitely enough to be effective in my little corner of the world. So what my heart is, is to build community with you and your little corner of the world and him and her and their little corners of the world. And then, yo, you know, uh, we've got this big community that we've built. But before I go into, you know, uh, sharing a little bit about who I am and whatnot, I want to tell you that this and all uh, subsequent podcasts are sponsored by the wonderful people at Vocal. See, Vocal is a unique drink. You got to go to drinkvocal.com. You can go there if you're not driving. Go to drinkvocal.com. It is a unique drink beverage that really is specially designed to soothe, refresh, and restore your voice. If you talk all day or you sing all night, you got to get yourself some vocal. They have uh, sponsored not only uh, this podcast, but uh, my YouTube channel as well. And some of the other things that we've done uh, has been brought on by Vocal. Vocal is going to make a big splash in a few months, so I want you to prepare yourself for it. Go to drinkvocal.com right now to learn more. But what is it about me? Well, first and foremost, let me give you a synopsis. Married this coming April of 2020, I'll be married to my sweetheart uh, for 25 years. I am blessed uh, highly favored to have this woman in my life. I mean, any woman, and let me just say this right now, any husband or wife who is married to a musician, they are blessed people, even if they don't tell you. <laughs> but I'm going to tell my wife, Lori, love you. Uh, here's another, yet another venture that her husband is taking on. And she has helped to raise our three daughters in stride. There's been some moments of consternation. We won't go into that today, but 25 years we'll be celebrating. We have three adult daughters. Uh, Dr. Tajay, my eldest, is uh, a professor and teaches church history uh, down in Delaware, Ohio, at uh, the seminary down there. And uh, uh, Nia, our uh, middle daughter, is uh, in, well, she's pursuing her master's degree. Um, I don't know whether I want to give out the universities or not, you know, to start any rivalries or whatever, but she's in Ohio. <laughs> she's getting her master's degree and she'll be done in May. And then my youngest daughter is an author. She's 19 years old and she is a fellow creative like her dad. She has a great website. She has a wonderful novel that she's published, uh, self-published. It's called How I Fell in Love with Myself. Her website is ayanasimone.com. 
Uh, I'll put that in the show notes uh, as well. But go and check her out. And she is like absolutely killing it. In a way, uh, Ayana, I'm giving you a shout out because I'm following in her footsteps because she started her podcast last month. And so I'm beginning mine. So, yeah, I'm married 25 years with uh, three daughters. I've been a musician all my life, loved music. I, I don't know. Uh, I am African-American. So, you know, just like I didn't pick my skin color, uh, I did not pick music. I think music picked me. That's all I've ever known and uh, all I've ever really wanted to do. My mom would tell me uh, a story of how she left me with my grandmother and they would put on, you know, records, vinyl records. And we had the uh, we had the big stereo that was like a piece of furniture. And my grandmother would watch me while my mother was at work. And uh, so they would put on a stack of albums and that's how they kind of ba babysat me because I would I would be there and I would look at the album and I would listen to the music. And, you know, when the music would go off, then I would cry. That's what I'm told. And so uh, the story is told of my grandmother uh, forgetting that I was there. She had the music on. She was doing house cleaning. She needed to go to the supermarket and she just left. And it wasn't until she got to the supermarket that she remembered I should have been in the car with her and boom, that uh, she had to rush back home. And uh, I understand that by the time that she had got there, the last record was playing. I hadn't started crying yet, but that would have been a big problem. Okay, so, yo, you know, I've, I've loved it. I, I, I really have. And so I was beating on things as a little kid, and my grandfather bought me my first drum set. I guess I'm six or seven or something like that um, when uh, he bought me my uh, first set. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm a drummer, and uh, I've grown to uh, do a couple other instruments, not as well as the drums, but I do what I can. Uh, my first band was fifth grade. Tyrone Williams came up to me in fifth grade. Hey, man, I heard you play drums. We're putting together this this band. This was uh, early 70s. And uh, yeah, him and Chris Rhodes and Craig Burney and Eugene Lundy, who are my friends even to this day. And, uh, you know, uh, that was our first. I mean, we were we were serious. And I mean. Very serious. This is fifth grade. I remember uh, <laughs> begging my mom, put my drums in the car. We went. We Our first practice was at Tyrone Williams' house on Hawthorne Street, south side of Youngstown, Ohio. And, uh, you know, we were in his garage and we were ready for the world. Let me tell you, we were doing Bootsy Collins. We were doing Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh, we were doing Slave. I don't know if you remember the Dayton group called Slave. They had a song called Slide Out. You know, we were trying to do Ohio Players, Cameo, uh, LTD, Frankie Beverly and Mays. I mean, all those funky soul groups. We were just giving it everything we had. And I grew up with those guys and we played in various iterations of a band. We would change our name maybe every other month <laughs> and played on through high school and uh, just absolutely, absolutely loved it. Uh, I guess early 20s, uh, got with my, uh, uh, who is now my brother-in-law, been with my sister since she was 16. They've been married, I don't know, 30 plus years, but Feel the Beat uh, brought in the first four track, the Tascam Porter One. And we started our first recording and really trying to write music and whatnot. You know, we blew the Porter one up and uh, got the Porter two and 
you know, we scaled Tascam's line of uh, multi-track uh, cassette recorders to uh, the 688, which I still have in my possession today, the Tascam 688 8-track cassette, which we took the 8th track and uh, synced it to the FSK code, and we were on, man, and really doing it. Did a lot of stuff, formed a production company called um, Chocolate Pulse, uh, was able to produce several artists under that, Got into radio by back in '94. Got married in '95, and so I was. Uh, uh, I became a, a gospel DJ on uh, WGFT 1500 AM downtown Youngstown, Ohio, and uh, did that. My wife and I uh, married. I applied for WKBN Radio 570 AM and became a talk show on-air talk show producer for the Dan Ryan Show. And which I stayed until the towers fell in 2001. Uh, that was a pivotal moment for me, really a life-changing moment, because of the fact that, uh, you know, I was on the air when we saw the plane, hit, you know, hit the first tower. And of course, subsequently, the second plane hit. And, uh, you know, we, being in, in Boardman, Ohio, Youngstown, Ohio, had heard that the plane had flew over uh, Cleveland to hit, uh, you know, the uh, uh, to crash in PA. And, uh, you know, a lot of thoughts were going through my mind, really incredible thoughts. One specifically was because I was doing music on the weekend. I mean, you know, I had a young family at the time doing young, uh, doing this music and, uh, you know, had a little uh, home studio upstairs, but, you know, it was a Saturday, Sunday thing, sometimes Friday night. Uh, but I thought, how many people had a dream, uh, people who were in the buildings, people who were on the, those faded planes, had a dream about what, you know, what they wanted to do, what they wanted to be. But again, they had to wait until after work. And for those unfortunate people, um, that moment didn't come where they could quit their job. And so I did something that, as I look back on it, really foolish. It was impulsive, but it was the beginning of sound doctrine. So quit the job, quit KBN. Um, again, not the best decision that I could have made at the time because I didn't plan it correctly. It was very emotional. and uh, But I put sound doctrine together, and uh, man, what a journey uh, Sound Doctrine has been. Our first gig was played uh, January 12th, 2002. Still remember it like it was last week um, with Cliff Barnes, with uh, James Herod on the saxophone, Field the Beat, my brother-in-law on the bass. And, uh, you know, we did the Northeastern Ohio Gospel Music Association uh, convention and, uh, you know, <laughs> press some CDs, man. And, and just, you know, we were off to the races uh, was able to uh, release uh, five albums with Perseverance or CDs. Uh, uh, by 2006, uh, we had Endurance out, and we were really now starting to collect some very, very serious royalty checks. Uh, the Weather Channel uh, started playing our stuff. We didn't even know it, uh, but, uh, you know, Larger royalty checks were coming in and we were able to get some bigger shows and some bigger venues. And, you know, that was like uh, the glory days for Sound Doctrine, where we were really uh, starting to tour and starting to build a name and build a presence. But 
In 2008, something interesting happened that uh, none of us expected, uh, and it was a hard-hitting situation, but my mom unexpectedly passed away. She was a young woman, 64, and passed away unexpectedly, and uh, I just kind of went through uh, something, personal evaluation along with the grief, uh, because I wasn't raised by my biological father, and... uh, I started thinking about the type of father that I was becoming and the type of father that I wanted to be. Now, my girls, again, was still small. I think at this time, Tajay, yeah, she was still in high school. My oldest, she wasn't yet in college. But uh, with respect to that, um, well, maybe she was. Maybe she was a freshman in college. But, but with respect to that, you know, I just thought about the younger ones, and I was at that point now, we're sound doctrine. We were traveling and whatnot. And I'm calling my wife from uh, Delaware. I'm calling her from Maryland or we're calling from DC and, hey, put the kids on the phone, you know, that type of thing. And and after my mom's passing, it was like, well, you know, I, I don't want to be that dad that my girls don't know, that my daughters really don't have a relationship with. And, you know, the road was cool. Praise God. I mean, we wasn't making mega money, but we were we were starting to build a following, a serious following. And uh, it was at that time that I, I made the decision to just back off a little bit. But of course, you know, you can't make that decision from a band dynamic. And then the other members of the band, you know, um, you know, agree. So, you know, obviously they begin to pick up other gigs and go on and, and build their careers and, and do their thing. And, I, you know, uh, there's no regret or no hard feelings because of the fact that we remain friends to this day. Uh, however, I had to redirect what I wanted to do because I still wanted to be involved in music, but I just didn't want to travel as far. So that's that chapter of my story. But Consequently, as a result, the very next thing that I did was I got involved in acting in the local theater. Um, Interestingly, I did do a short 10-day international cruise as a drummer uh, for iJams and got to play with a lot of different musicians from around the world got to uh, meet a lot of different people. And, and of course, by this time, the internet is beginning to really be the thing for musicians to connect and uh, was able to do some recording online, you know, start planting seeds in that area. All the while, like I said, acting in local theater. I produced the uh, Youngstown Jazz Fest, which was a big deal. Happens every year during the 4th of July weekend. And I was the producer of that event from 2010 to 2013. Also picked up a a side gig with producing uh, what we call Second Sundays. Every second Sunday of the month at the Tyler History Center, we would bring in different bands and we would have food. And, you know, that was starting to really build up. And then we did that from 2013 to 2015 and took a major step and started contracting myself out as a producer and was able to uh, link up with the Meet Me at the Cross committee and produced a huge, huge event, uh, over 5,000 people at the Cavelli Center. And uh, we did that uh, in 2017. And subsequently, we did it at Powers Auditorium in 2018. And just networking, I'm a natural networker. So was able to hook up with a myriad of, of artists. Now, 
I don't want to drop any names. I, I, I will say this. Had an opportunity to really, uh, by God's grace, uh, work with some incredible named famous musicians. Grateful for that, but you know, I'm not going to drop any names. I will drop one. Let's. I'll drop one in the sense that he has been such an incredible friend and major support, and uh, he is one of the great. Uh, people that we will be able to interview here on the Entree Musician uh, podcast. And his name is Bob Baldwin. If you're in the jazz world, you would know Mr. Bob Baldwin, who is an absolute legend. I gotta, I'll gotta. i tell you this real quick. I don't want to get too far off the beaten path, but we were in New York. We had an opportunity. Well, we were in actually D.C. when we did the Capitol Jazz Fest as a finalist. And uh young lady who is an incredible flautist and who was really killing it right now on the uh, uh, Billboard contemporary jazz scene. And her name is Reagan Whiteside. If you don't know Reagan, definitely check out her web- website, ReaganWhiteside.com, just the way it's spelled, ReaganWhiteside.com. Check her out. And, uh, you know, she won. We were, we, we were in this uh, competition at the uh, Capitol Jazz Fest 2006. As a result of that, uh, you know, we were able to network with them and didn't know that Bob Baldwin was kind of behind uh, her, invited us uh, to his place in New York, where he was staying at the time, and remixed one of our songs, uh, Small Mouth Bass, which was written by Jim Kokenauer, uh, our keyboard player at the time, and remixed it. And, and it just hit smooth jazz radio like a boom, you know, and this gentleman uh, really cared about our band, cared about our sound. And as I said, you know, I'll send him mixes even now and he'll go, hey, you need to do something about those hi-hats <laughs> or you need to do something about that synthesizer or something, you know, but he he's a great guy, funny, and uh, just a personable uh, young man and uh, grateful to have him. So I will drop his name because Bob Baldwin is close and special to our heart, but work with some great uh, people had an opportunity to do an indie film, <laughs> and uh, you know that that was pretty interesting. I'll tell you about that at some other time. But a major part of my life, along with all of these, uh, uh, a major part of my life, along with all of these wonderful experiences I've had working in music, has also been. Uh, my ministry. I am an associate pastor at Victory Christian Center in Coitsville, Ohio, under uh, senior leadership of Pastor Juan Rivera and uh, under the leadership of Bishop David L. Thomas. So I am a son of the house, uh, Victory Christian Center. If you are in Northeastern Ohio at any time, we have eight campuses. And so my the three legs that I stand on are my marriage, my ministry, and my music, sometimes not in that order. God, of course, being first, but my marriage, you know, is on point. And uh, Lori knows that the only places she can find me if I'm not at home is at the studio. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, it's a pleasure and a privilege to serve the great people at Victory Christian Center as an associate pastor there. So that's a little bit about me. I hope I wasn't too long-winded, but I definitely wanted you to know uh, who I am. Uh, and the direction that this podcast is going is we're going to be really drilling down and discussing as entree musicians together 
the focus, discipline, positive mindset, the aptitude, the attitude, and the fortitude of being an entree musician. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, topics and themes and the direction that I really wanted uh, this podcast to go. And, you know, we could talk and we will, I'm sure, talk about recording, uh, you know, techniques, mixing techniques, mastering and the different gear. Uh, I'll tell you what type of DAW I use and, and, you know, just upgraded the computers that we use, we record out of two locations and some of the microphones that we favor, different things like that. But there are there are podcasts where you can really learn some great things from engineers and producers who are far better than I. And I consider myself to be a pretty good producer. But, you know, there's a lot of of podcasts, a lot of information out there uh, to talk about gear and to talk about techniques. But I like to talk about who we are as entree musicians and where our mindset should be as entree musicians, what we should be doing when we're promoting, when we're booking a show, you know, uh, how to handle conflicts in a band, how to really lead if you're the leader of the band, and then how to be a great side man if you're hired on either for the gig part-time or if this is going to be a full-time juncture. Some of the agreements that you should have when you're writing songs together, when that groove is coming up, you know, how to work through conflicts and forgiveness, how, you know, how to dialogue with a promoter, how, you know, there's so many things that can be talked about and we will uh, about being an entree musician and being the great uh, person that you should be in that moment. Uh Boy, when you spend time with uh, a band out on the road and you're traveling together and you're in close proximity and there are some personality conflicts, you know, there's dialogue. Uh, we're also going to have some great conversations with um, some wonderful artists, guest artists that we're going to have on. And not just musicians, but also creatives of different genres as well. Um, had the opportunity to interview my daughter, uh, Ayana who I said before is the author. So that was a great interview. And so that opens me up that anybody who's a creative in any way and has to do it is an independent who has to grind. That's what we're going to uh, dive into. And those are the type of people we're going to talk to. And again, not necessarily the high names only or the big names only, but uh, those who are independents who are in the grind, just like uh, you and I are, but we will be able to learn something from each other because that's, again, it's what I'm trying to do. I really am trying to build community and uh, it's slowly developing, but I'm grateful for it. This podcast, this podcast provides another platform for us to be able to do it. So here's what I want you to do as we draw to a close. I want you to keep in contact. Please keep in contact uh, please stay engaged. Uh, I want you to go over to, if you will, the entremusician.com. I want you to kick the tires over there. I want you to evaluate the website. Tell me what you think it needs. Uh, tell me what you like about it, what you don't. Please email me at theentremusician at gmail.com. That's theentremusician, T-H-E, theentremusician at 
gmail.com. And I will do everything that I can to get back to you as soon as I possibly can and connect with you and find out what your thoughts are, find out what you want to talk about or what you want discussed here, or if you have a suggestion of who would be a good interviewee, we can put him or her uh, on this podcast. And again, it's all about connecting, building community, and learning from each other. So that's it. This is the episode. Thank you for uh, allowing me to share a little bit of who I am uh, with you. I'm certain that more will unfold uh, as we go along. And again, I want to learn more about you. Peace and blessings to you. Thank you for listening. I am the Entree Musician, and so are you. We'll talk to you next time. God bless.